All right. Welcome back. Hey, man. 808s and Blast Beats. We're doing it again. Somehow we're not discouraged uh, by doing it in person and then now realizing that all the episodes after that are going to be worse. We're powering through. It's okay. I like to I like to hear you through the internet and not smell you. So it's great. That is that is fair. Yeah. So how that you been, man? Fair. What you what been you good? been listening to? Been good. Yeah. So we kind of have taken a little bit of a longer gap on this one, just with the holidays and everything. So initially, I was listening to <laughs> I was listening to an album that came out early 2020 that everyone loved. Everyone said good things about. I never listened to it. Even though I knew about the band, I knew what they're capable of. It just, you know, like when something comes out and everyone's telling you it's the best thing ever. There's like a part of your brain that's like, fuck that thing. Mm -hmm. I kind of had that, but I'm finally listening to the new album from Loathe. It's called I Let It In and It Took Everything. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's going to like the album has already heard of it because that album exploded. But if you somehow haven't, check it out. It's got a huge range of sounds on it. There's parts that sound exactly like Deftones. There's parts that sound exactly not like Deftones. And everything in between. <laughs> yeah. But over this last week, uh, I've just been trying to dig into these two albums a lot more. I had given them a cursory listen to before that, but really diving into them and then diving into a little bit of supplementary material. Mm -hmm. Less so for Vince Staples, because that album's a little bit longer. But uh, for part of the Varials discussion, I gave their second album another run-through because I don't think I gave that one quite enough attention on release. Mm -hmm. uh, and then just just trying to trying to play catch up on anything else I missed. But that's been the big things recently. What about you? Um, I've actually, because it's been very uh, seasonal here, uh, up until December in Cincinnati, it was, it was kind of like warm and stuff like that. But we have recently hit below 30 degrees and we'll probably stay there until the end of february i've been listening to a lot more like jangly introspective while you comb your beard folk music you know okay talking like bony their first album yeah um, taylor swift newest album no <laughs> no um i've been listening to a lot of i listened to paper kites i don't know if you ever heard of that band um it's kind Not of familiar. like it's a lot of music that like makes me think and like yearn for spring um okay some Mumford and Sons, um, let's say uh, some Lumineers, some Decemberists. Um, so yeah, some some old Crow Medicine Show, perhaps. <laughs> no, no. Well, no. That's that's Karaoke Night, which uh, I've I've literally never heard that band before in my entire life. But I associate that with Mumford and Sons because they opened up for Mumford and Sons. Oh, really? On oh, they opened up for Mumford and Sons on that one tour that came to my high school football stadium yeah. that I did not go to because fuck that band. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause that was when Mumford and Sons was peak jangly. They hadn't released that one weird album. Yeah. Yet, so they, that maybe I fuck album. with Mumford and Sons now. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but no, uh, <laughs> old crow medicine show is, is famous for making that song that was later covered by the lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish. So if you can decipher what that means. I mean, I know who Darius Rucker is, but I don't know what song he Wagon covered. Wagon Wheel. Oh, Jesus, that's originally Old Crow? That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, I don't think so. I think that, like, I think it's, like, a tune that, like, dates back for uh, a like, while. Uh, what's that one that Metallica did? Is it Whiskey in the Jar? No, the, it, let the record reflect that Metallica did not cover Wagon Wheel. <laughs> but maybe they should. Ah, uh, yes. But I think, I think, so Metallica covered Whiskey in the Jar, but I think that's one of those ones that, like, isn't... Oh yeah, like there's like a band you can point to as the first one to like record it, but I think it might be one of those ones that's like kind of morphed. I could also be fucking wrong. Oh yeah, also real quick, uh, I want to I want to let the record reflect that I was wrong as shit on a couple things last time, uh, talking specifically about that one drum loop on the Man of the Moon album matching that Ratatat song Gettysburg. They just don't. Yeah. Even a little bit. Not even fucking kind of. Well, that's okay. And there was something else that I was really wrong on that I forget what it was. Uh, but just know if you're going to complain about something, ah, I know. I fucked it up. Yeah, that's okay. It's good to provide a redaction um, and correction. Uh, but, it, you know, at the same time, it's a little like there is some merit to it because if that's what it reminded you of so much at the time, like there is some character to discuss there. Even if it wasn't the same beat, if it if you thought – 
that it was so reminiscent that it you reminded you of it or like so similar then you know i don't know especially because like ratatat was featured on that album you right, know. but I feel like that's almost makes it worse. Where I'm like, oh, Ratatat, they did that one song that sounds the same as all their other ones. Right, so, right. Ratatat uh, did that. Uh, did that basshead song, right? Yeah, I mean that's like if like and that's <laughs> scary, scary sprites and nice colas. What is it? Yeah, whatever. But I mean, that's like if I heard like a Kanye feature, I was like, it sounds like Gold Digger, and it's like just no matter what it was, you know, right. it's like all right, <laughs> like right, uh, okay. So we got two albums to get into. I want to give us plenty of time because I got a ton of shit to say about these two. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that it doesn't bite us and we, we ended at like 45 now. Yeah. So I got to make sure that I drag out my words. But these two albums we picked because we kind of asked each other if there was anything that we had like kind of been tangentially aware of that we had wanted to listen to in the respective opposite genres. Mm-hmm. So what, like, what drew you to the Varials album that made you want to suggest that? Well, uh, I remember a very specific anecdote. Um, one instance of hearing a song come on my like Spotify daily mix, um, and it was, I believe it was Pain Again off of this album. Um, and like the 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 album is pain again and then the song was pain again uh and i remember texting you like like a screenshot of it and you're like are you are you serious like i I think you thought i was fucking with you because like i was like oh have you heard of this band varials and you're like i love this band and i've been telling you about this band for a while i don't think i had been telling you about it necessarily like recommending it to you because that's one of the things that i was i was curious about your answer because it's so off kilter for you right but I think you would know about Varials because I talk about Varials a lot because that was the show that I got my nose broken. Right. So that's why I bring up Varials because, like, Varials started playing their intro, not even a song, and I got my nose broken immediately. Where did you see them? They opened for Gideon in Columbus. That show was... must have been a riot. Uh, it was pretty fucked up. We actually went because that was Polaris's first tour in the States, and mm. we weren't going to be able to make it to their... They like they did that tour before they jumped on like a Parkway tour or something. I see. And I wasn't gonna make it to that tour. So I was like, well, we gotta go see Polaris because they're about to explode. Right. Um. So we were able to see them, but I got my I got my shit rocked so thoroughly for Varials that I was in the bathroom the entire set just bleeding. Oh my god. It was bad enough that like one of the bartenders brought me a cup of ice. <laughs> oh my god, really? Yeah, yeah. So my face just poured blood for like no shit a half hour and then we watched polaris and left couldn't i couldn't stay for gideon because my brain was hurting were you smiling the whole time like a psychopath nope were you upset about it i wasn't either i just was like oh damn i got my shit rocked so then i i took care of it and that was it yeah fair enough but there's like a thing with with the hardcore shows or more hardcore shows where it's like you just you have to expect it you know Mm mm-hmm like the people bitch about crowd killing and people getting swung at and everything and the the the, the joke I always make is that if you were anywhere else just name a place mm-hmm. just name something okay name, like, uh, yeah give me give me a location literally a, any location a a gas station that has a barbecue uh food truck in the parking lot Okay, perfect. So you're waiting in line for the barbecue truck, and some guy starts punching you. Uh, you leave. You just would leave. Right, right. <laughs> well, I don't know why the hardcore show is the only place where that logic doesn't apply. Just leave. Just leave. Right. You can just walk away. And I didn't, and that's on me. Yeah. Um, well, that's okay. Yeah, so I was curious what your answer was. Um, I can talk about mine if we go into that album later, but we can do Pain again now yeah. if you want. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so... If- one thing to note, I did listen to the commentary. So, Varials for Pain Again, the album, it, they have on Spotify, where I listened to it, a commentary uh, deluxe edition that has, before each song, an explanation by, I assume, the frontman. It's whoever's writing the lyrics. Yeah, it's Travis Tabron. Travis Tabron. Um, and he kind of explains the motivation behind uh, each song and, like, what... It meant to him, which is making my job as a listener and as a like, I, guess, I suppose, commentator about the album a lot, a lot easier um, to to pin in on like some of those more metaphorical things. Where if he's saying like, "Oh yeah, it's a metaphor for this," then I don't have to search for one. Um, 
so did you listen to that version first? No, 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 no. I did okay, one. I was curious. I did one like dry run through, listening to it casually. I believe, <laughs> as I did some dishes. And, That's so funny. And it was really funny because I have a very specific memory of I was doing dishes and I stepped away from like the <laughs> the sink with all the di- the suds in it, and I started doing that thing where like the hardcore dance where you touch your toes. Oh, but my yeah. like, but whatever, my hands yeah, were covered in that? suds. That's so. And funny. so it got all over the floor, and I almost slipped. So yeah. That's dude, holy shit. <laughs> um, I believe it was during Colder Brother. I do. I, okay, what were what were the words I told you before the album? Uh, you said hi hat breakdown. Yes. And I. That's, that, that's all I'm talking about. That's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. That moment on Colder Brother, where he fucks that hi hat up. Yep. Um, I. I love music, hard, like heavy music that has this sound. Gideon, so, okay, so, so one of the things I was going to... I'll let you finish, sorry. Gideon has, is reminiscent of this. Um, the varials, obviously, on this album. Um, uh, Knocked Loose, which, coincidentally, Brian Garris is featured on this album. I love that song, Empire of Dirt. Um, uh, you'd probably like Kublai Khan if you heard them. Yeah, no, I definitely do. I, I've heard yeah. I've heard exactly two songs from them. Um, I, it's probably the Hammer and Self Destruct. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely like a, a whole sub sub genre of bands that have that kind of Neanderthal energy. I uh, I love it for a very specific context or like a use, you know, environment. Um, when I'm doing dishes, for example, uh, or like doing a chore or in the gym or, um, but like if I'm walking to the park to, uh, uh, you know, smoke a cigarette at night, uh, I'm not going to be listening to this. That's fair. Yeah. I think there are, there are specific use cases yeah. <laughs> and they know where they fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but to your comment on putting this band with Gideon or Knocked Loose, or, or like on, I think that they can also kind of apply to what I'm about to say, mm-hmm. but my overall comment on this album and, and how I think that this album is a little bit, you know, other than the obvious reasons, how I think this album is different from the other albums we've done is that it, it really is just entirely about timbre. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing front to bottom is just this specific, like thumbprint of each of the instruments. Right. And that's like been a thing for other albums, but I mean, no disrespect to varials. <laughs> I, the riffs are a little bit simpler. The vocals have like a little bit less variation. Mm-hmm. There's fewer lyrics for songs, the drums, you know, it's playing a smaller kit, mm-hmm. but all of that is completely made up for just by the literal tone of everything. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter that Travis, doesn't use as much of a range as some other bands. He mm-hmm. probably has a larger range. I'm not too familiar, but he just sounds so fucking mad the mm-hmm. whole time. Yeah. It rules. Like, you you play whatever notes you want, Mike Foley, because the bass tone is amazing. Exactly. I don't care if the riffs aren't, you know, in some crazy time signature, because the, the guitar tone is just so dialed in. Like, everything about this is just like a meditation on timbre mm-hmm. and, like, the color of the actual sound, you know? Mm-hmm. So that being said, we can go through it track by track, or if there are ones that kind of stick uh, just, out to you, we because can do that. they are so similar in timbre, just just like you just said, um, I just like to pull some specific ones out. Um, yeah. In my in my somewhat humorous notes about them. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. We got to talk about New Damnation first. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Uh, New Damnation makes me. It, it reminds me of like when you get pissed off initially from when you go like like when you go from a state of like stasis like you're just like chilling tranquil and then something happens that thoroughly makes you upset it's it's almost like that like shock or like that like weird period where you're like I shouldn't be this angry right now like how oh my god I was having a great day I was eating this omelet and now I got this text that is going to ruin my entire day. You know what I mean? Like, it just, like, something... Obviously, I'm sure that that wasn't his motivation, but that's what it reminded me of. Like, 
some like going from very i mean because it's the start of the album so you know if you were not listening to anything going from silence to that is like zero to a hundred you know yeah and i think that they do a really good job bleeding it in a little bit with Mm -hmm. that it's not a sample but it kind of is like there's that little back and forth that that Travis does. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure it's Travis. I'm like 98% sure it's Travis because it's a movie quote. It's from that movie, The Devil's Advocate. Right. But it's not clipped. I don't I, I'm, I don't believe that that is like an edited sample. I'm almost positive it's just Travis doing the lines, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting way to do it. Uh, but I think that that, that kind of bleeds you into musically then when everything kind of starts to build again. I, I think that that's a good transition. Yeah. Um, who is Chad Rulig? Chad Rulig, um, you probably know. I don't know if you can picture his voice, but he is the front man for, uh, for The Fallen Dreams. I don't think I've ever heard that band. They got that song, Stone. Hmm. Nope. Might, you, might, I, you, would, you would recognize. I know you've pointed him out to me. You would recognize if you saw him, but I don't think you really listened to him. Okay. Well, maybe that is something that I could explore, because I did like God Talk. Um and yeah, God talks kind of nice because you start to get a little bit faster. It's a little bit less like strictly mm-hmm. beat down sounding. It reminded me of like something that I could like play beer pong to if everybody was partying and like this music, like somewhat of like a party song. Yeah, personally. I mean, that, 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 that's fair. I mean, I, I love the track. You know, I have a hard time associating in this stuff with, with party music because it's just like, mm-hmm. for me, being the person who does like this stuff, mm-hmm. it's like the idea of playing it at a party mm-hmm. is like just the worst. Yeah, you know? yeah. I just, okay. Not that you ever would, but I get what you're saying, right? It does have that, that My note was drinking momentum song. to it. Yeah. Um, and also, listening to this album once more on the plane coming back from I recently visited Savannah, Georgia. There was a drink I had there called the Savannah Slammer, where it was a, like a pint glass full of liquor that they put a Red Bull on top of, and you have to drink as fast as you can so it doesn't overflow. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> like, like, yeah, no, there, there's like, yeah, there, there's a very uncompromising sense of of momentum to this one. Mm-hmm. And I know that's kind of my cop out for any time a song is fast to say it has momentum, mm-hmm. but goddamn, <laughs> goddamn, um, do whatever. The next one I had a note about is yeah. EDA. Uh, you skipped over. Okay. I, it's interesting. You skip over anything to numb. Cause that's most people's like standout for this album. No, and that's not my standout for, well, what's interesting. Cause I also am not amazed with anything. To numb. I like the song, but it's not my standout. Hmm. And it's interesting that we align on that point. Cause almost everyone else who likes this album would be the opposite. Hmm. Um, the note that I had for EDA was pure masculine energy and okay <laughs> two like two bearded men having gay sex that's that was my note there is nothing manlier than two dudes just pounding it out yes you just bust each other up and then go listen then to the varial games play video games man whatever yeah, yeah after a varial show uh, perhaps yeah, um, I I think that the intro lines are really cool on this one. Yeah, yeah you learn a lot about darkness, staring at the sun, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like a lot of the lyrics. I like that they are very kind of vague, open to interpretation, a lot more symbolic mm-hmm. because they're so brief. Like there is not a lot of lyrics for each song, just by nature of the genre. So I like that it's kept metaphorical. But it's also still very... It's personal just in the way it's framed. Mm-hmm. Just the pronouns being used and the, the point of view is very personal, but it is a lot of times obfuscated. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's a, I think they strike a very good mix on this one. Mm-hmm. Pain again, lyrics also. I, your, your note about how there's a lot of cool lyrics on that track, I think the same thing for Pain again. Um, yeah. Just, I, I mean, not to read into it too great um travis is not any shakespeare or poet by any means but you know not not to say that like some of it when you read it monotone is kind of quirky like only dogs get (laughs) put down the bitch of living dude get fucked travis i'm glad you're out of this band suck it yeah um but uh (laughs) i i just i don't know it reminded me of this the feeling of like when 
it, it reminded me of of being in a relationship, having it broken, like having you know having a bad breakup, and then being really like upset and self conscious and like I don't know hurt, then having a relationship again, in that one failing where you're like God damn it I'm back in the same place, like I should have known better, like f- you know fuck you. I'm, I'm not just trying to be way. what you want me to be, and it never ends. Right. Um, trust is a motherfucker. Trust is a motherfucker. Um, yeah, we kind of skipped Colder Brother. We talked about it earlier, but oh um, yeah, I, sorry, I I totally skipped over that one. Colder Brother is like the most direct song they have. I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is like yeah, Colder Brother is. I want to rip your throat from your body. It is. I think. It, it uses second person the most. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is the one that is the most like you. It's very directed at someone. That line, even though it's your blood in my veins, I do with it what I choose is so sick. That one's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's delivered super well. I mean, the I whole paint. end breakdown about all the lines about dishonor. Do you have yeah, any, uh, do you have any like commentary as to like what was going on that motivated him to write these lyrics? Because he only didn't really talk about said it. In the, only what he said in the commentary, yeah, for, okay. for just the... Because um, uh, I like to, like, <coughs> paint these I know little... That, I know that his dad wasn't present, hmm. so I interpret a lot of it through that lens. I, uh, so I, I don't know When I listened to this, I thought of a yeah. a sibling relationship, like not like hating your brother or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's why I don't know if the name is just because it works or if it is actually about a brother. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That one, that one was good, but it was a little too like, like I kind of went, Ugh. you know, uh, kind of freaked me out a little bit. Um, didn't really like a, a abacus. Is that how you say it? Yeah, abacus. That's it's, like a skip. It's nice. One. It's nice that they tried to break up the album with a song like this, but it, it's a little bit too little, too late in my opinion. Right. And they do a much better job with pacing in general on the second album. And tracks like Abacus are replaced with tracks like Romance and The Love Machine, which obviously you haven't heard, but they just, they are more different than Abacus is to the rest of this album. Right. Okay. Um, Empire. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind this track, but it is definitely, it, Abacus, it's one of those things where I like Abacus, but if I'm listening to this album, it's just another thing between me and Empire of Dirt. So it's got to go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Empire of Dirt is Chef's Kiss. Oh, and I don't know dude, if it's just dude, because I fucking, love Brian Garris. There's, there's a caveman grunt in this song. The song kicks yeah, ass. Yeah, it's, it's not just Brian Garris, but like... T- because, okay, here's the thing. Right. Also, slow blast beats are sick. I yes. love that the blast beat is like not full... Like, I think it is full time, but it's not like... Travis is the one BPM singing, black right? He's like yeah, the, Travis is the front man. Okay. Though. Him, he also writes like almost all of it, I think. And his timbre, like low, you know, like Ooh. like he he's very like in his throat. And right. then you just come in with the Brian Garris feature, and it's just like a caveman and Mickey Mouse came to beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> I also love that it, you, it's pretty rare to hear Brian Garris with that little instrumentals behind him because mm-hmm. this song's a little bit, it's got more breathing room, it's a little bit more spaced out. So to hear Brian Garris like on a relatively low-key instrumental is pretty unique, and mm-hmm. I think that's just a, a lot of fun for this one before yeah. the end comes back in. I just, I kind of want to have just the snip of him. Like, no no studio instruments behind it, just the vocal track of him screaming, you motherfucker, and make that be, like, my text tone. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Brian Garris is... So, like, no one fucking sounds like Brian Garris, and I'm so glad that it seems like he takes any feature request at all. Uh, Knock Loose is close with varials, but, I mean, it, it seems like Brian Garris will just pop up on random songs. Right. Um, And then, <clears throat> I think those were the only ones that really, like, stood out to me. The rest of it, <clears throat> Dead Weather 2... I assume that, like, he wrote, did he write it? Dead Weather 1? A theoretical... Dead Weather 1's on one of the EPs. A theoretical Dead Weather 0? Um, I think... 
I, I don't know if it's linear or quadratic. Ha- you, haven't been hasn't been proven. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how you extrapolate that one. It just decays too quickly. Um, yeah. yeah. And then deliverance. I have I, I have no notes for Dead Weather Two. The only note I have for Deliverance is just the words gang vocals. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the gang vocals are sick, man. Yeah. I want even more people to scream, show me deliverance. Get, get 10, 20 more motherfuckers in that booth, man. Um, and then to lay in sin, the one note I wrote, good, and then adjusting my headphones. Because by this point <laughs> in the album, I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, my ears. Yeah, I have the note I have for that one is that it's, it is a good song. I do like that track a lot. But it's just, to me, it's a missed opportunity as far as album closer goes. Mm-hmm. Because the new Damnation fucks so hard as an right. album opener, right? Overall, th- yeah, th- this this album, I think the biggest issue is just the flow, and it can be a little samey in places. But for what it's, I mean, that that that's kind of a critique you can make for any band in that kind of sphere. So with with that in mind, I, I, don't know, I, I think that Pain Again is one of the most impressive debuts from a band in this space in kind of a while. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so we, but we overall, about, yeah. Um, so, a question I want to ask you: Do you think that the rest of their discography offers a similar thing? Because some bands, uh, it's like they, like they have a great album that is great, but it is a departure from their typical form. Yeah. So, I think if you go backwards, their EPs are like even more just, you know. Music, music to make you want to punch things. I see. And then the new album, In Darkness, has a lot of the same DNA. I mean, mm-hmm. have, so the songs that are heavy are just as heavy. It it tends to be on average a little bit faster. Mm. I think you have less songs like Colder Brother and more songs that remind me of God Talk. Mm. Um, and then, like I mentioned, the the pacing is better. The interludes are better. Mm. Um, but I I wanted to. <laughs> Stick with this one, A, because it was the one that you kind of requested, the mm-hmm. song that you were familiar with. <clears throat> and then, this is obviously the heaviest thing that you've listened to for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I kind of really wanted to pick your brain about what, out of the music, out of the heaviness, what worked for you, what didn't. Kind of moving forward, do you think that there's it's similar the... stuff you would like? You know, it, I mean, compare... Because this album is heavy in a very different way from like how Architects is heavy. It's right. heavy in a very different way from how I like the metronome style heavy. tempo that they have. Like it's it seems like you're like stomping from left to right type thing in a lot of their songs. Um, <clears throat> it's not like very quick, you know. Um, they yeah. kind of have this like swing to it. Yeah, that, it's knock loose. It sounds a lot like knock loose is like tempo, kind of like the the swing of it. Yeah, that's the 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 more hardcore leaning bands are going to give you that. Yeah, Gideon, Kublai Khan, right? Yeah, any of that kind of stuff. So I like that. Fucking... Um, and okay. and those bands that you just that we were just talking about in that sphere, I I like all of those. Um. So, um. It seemed very surface level. I don't know if like that's like a disservice to the band. Sorry for bar- hardcore burial fans out there. Um, it literally just it, it reminded me of like a dude bro who was like, I want to make songs to punch things, and got introspective a little bit on the lyrics. But uh, I don't know. It, it, that oh, that sounds really harsh. Uh, <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that because I think that that is a lot of the reason why the band did what they did for the second album, why they seem to be so much more, like, proud of the second album. Not that they bad-talk this one, but they do tend to bad-talk their earlier stuff. Mm. They have a song called Stigmata Mm -hmm. that is sick, and it makes me want to just put holes in walls, but it's, Mm. yeah, very very surface level compared to what they did on In Darkness and even parts of this album. Mm -hmm. Um, So, a similar personality, I'm sure... Vince Staples, uh, and by that I mean not similar at all. Uh, okay. Do you think Vince Staples would like this album, Pain Again? He might. I know he likes uh, he likes suicidal tendencies and yeah. a lot of those like California-based hmm. kind of more metal thrashy kind of bands because he's from Long Beach, which is right right by where suicidal tendencies would be from. Hmm. But 
Yeah, I got no more thoughts on on Pain again. Yeah, album rules, but yeah, it can be a little bit one note at times. Was this summertime of six, baby? Yep. So okay, I, the overarching thing I wanted to get out of this 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 episode is these two albums I think are the most different out of the sets of albums we've done. Mm-hmm. Not that any of them have been really all that close, but just with Varials being so far down the heavy end, right? It really highlights the differences between those two. Uh, music is fucking cool. These mm-hmm. albums rule. <laughs> yep. So because I hadn't really heard Pain again in its entirety. I don't think ever. I think yep. I maybe I think I think there are a couple songs I'd never heard until until just now. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned that you I don't think you'd heard this album in its entirety. Yes, I've so heard I some songs. Of, I mean, right, I come out of the Pain Again experience a much bigger Varials fan than what I was before. Mm-hmm. I had already liked the singles, but that whole album's really good now that I've given it a chance. Did you have a similar experience with Summertime '06? Absolutely, and I'm glad you said that because like it listening to this like I've heard. Ben Staples. I yeah. I'm more familiar with the album Big Fish. Um, yeah. Is that the name of the big, album or big, is that the song? Big Fish Theory. I yeah, think. Big Fish Theory. I'm more familiar with like songs on that album. Um, I think that is only because I was starting to get into non-radio rap music right around the time he released it in 2015 when Summertime 06 came out. I was not one with you know my finger on the pulse of you know hip hop. Um, not not to say that I really am now, but like definitely. I also wasn't think that. this album got eclipsed for a lot of people because it mm. came out. It came out the same year for sure. I think it came out like a couple months after "To Pimp a Butterfly." Oh, really? I think it came out. The, I'm almost positive it came out the same year, but I don't know what the order was. Mm. Um, here's my thing. Vin Staples is dope. I knew he was dope, but after listening to this again for this podcast, I'm like, why have I not? Listen to him more like this. Like it, it, it was one of those things where I got upset with myself for not in my head, categorizing him and compartmentalizing him as good as he displayed his himself on this album. Dude, this album fucking rules. <laughs> like this um, album's so sick. We can like, go. Okay. We can go. Uh, Let's go roughly track by track. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. Because I want to talk about for starters, I want to talk about the intro, uh, mm-hmm. which is only like thirty seconds, but. There's this thing that kind of comes up a lot with this album for me where, and you might know what I'm talking about, you might not, but mm-hmm. a lot of the beats, a lot of the, any kind of background ambience, a lot of it sounds like it's underwater to me. Yeah. Does that make sense? A lot of it sounds like kind of washed out and distant at times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on the second half of the album, but I think that the beat for Surf is the best example of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where it, it sounds like, yeah, it just sounds washed out like it's... Like you're like like it sounds like you're underwater and there's like music playing on the surface, you right? Know? So to start with the the waves and to kind of infuse that Long Beach kind of thing into this album is mm-hmm. super cool, and it really helps to kind of bring you in, put you in that mind space, kind of give you some more context for where Vince Staples is coming from. But then I, you get to lift me up. Can and you point me? Can you? Very sp- sorry to interrupt. Is there a way? Is there a way that you could? Point out to me which songs you thought about that underwater effect. Uh, Surf is the big one. Surf? Yeah. Surf is the big one. Like, the beginning of Lift Me Up. And then even, like, North North. Like, just, like, the album... Or just, like, the beat kind of being faded out in the back. So it's interesting because it looks like there is a predominant producer on this album. I'm looking at... Yeah, it's no ID on, like, almost all of it. Yeah. But... Yeah. On North North, Surf, uh, Summertime, and yeah, that's it. It's Clams Casino. Interesting. So perhaps that is part of the reason? Maybe. But th- there's an interesting thought that I, I, I wanted to continue. So Yeah, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. I was just, yeah, I, I had that epiphany yeah. like, hmm. So I think it's very interesting that. To me, kind of starting with the waves, starting with like the sound of the ocean, it really helps like pull you into this like Long Beach, California. It's summer. It's mm-hmm. 2006. Right. It really puts you like in that headspace. Mm-hmm. And then there's a very specific line in "Lift Me Up." Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about yeah, it's all all the white folks <laughs> chanting when I asked him that word I can't say, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that coming so early in the album for me like. It stopped me dead in my tracks. 
I had to look up like the lyrics to the album. I had to kind of read some interviews and it seems to me like the point of that line and a lot of what he's going for with some of this thing is that it is impossible for me to know anything about what the fuck it was like to be in Long Beach, California in 2006. I had never right. been to Long Beach. I wasn't there at the time. My experience can never be his experience. I'm never going to be able to understand what it was actually like. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I gave up entirely on trying to understand any of the lyrics, any of what he was going for. Or try to like a... empathize. No. But from a specific standpoint, I gave up on trying to decode this album or try to understand what Long Beach was like for a young okay. Ben Staples. I immediately gave up on all of that, and I just tried to connect with like the emotional backbone for each of the songs. Because mm-hmm. okay. it seemed to me like the you know the message was very much to just try to kind of convey what his experience was, but not to try to bring you back for it you know i mean i I, all Mm -hmm. i'm trying to do is empathize with someone who's reminiscing about a particular time and the things that they went through okay and i didn't want to go into this album trying to like because i and i I might be miscool i might be you know wrong about this but when you listen to an album like good kid mad city or to pimp a butterfly there's kind of a feeling that you're supposed to decode the album and that's how you're supposed to engage with that media is by kind of piecing together what the story through To Pimp a Butterfly is, that's how Kendrick wants you to kind of experience what Compton was like mm-hmm. for him. And I get very much the opposite with Summertime. Feels right. like the vibe on this album is more like just take what I'm saying as not an exact account, take it as, you know, more of just trying to convey a feeling and, and a sense of emotion. And I just tried to catch that through line through a lot of the songs mm-hmm. um, and it was interesting to me that uh, yeah I kind of got lulled in with the intro and then to have that line in the first song stood right. out to me a lot and a quick aside on Lift Me Up I feel like if they had pushed this song as much as they pushed North North this song would have also been huge this song is amazing dude okay Lift Me Up very good um, I have to disagree with the comparison to North North. And when we talk about North North, we can, we can jump into that. Um, but I want you to make I, your case. I don't think it would have been bigger than North North, but like this song, just to me, I'm amazed that I hadn't heard it before. Cause it felt like oh, it would have okay. been, it felt like it should have been played everywhere. Our freshman year of college. Those you know? two aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean like the fact that I only had even heard of North North off this album. Yeah, you know, it's like I feel like "Lift Me Up." I should have, I should have had some hidden memory of like, oh, I think I have heard the song. You know? Yeah. What did you? What can you? Because it's really helping when I can tell that you're like. First of all, you had coming into this, you were like, I think I'll like this album, but I'm not sure. I want to do it for the podcast. Um. And also, the, just by the way you're talking, I can tell that you enjoyed listening to this. Yeah, it's on fucking rules. What I'm trying to pinpoint because I guess the general point of this is to like hone in on what each other's uh, music taste would be within the, you know, reflexive genres. Um, okay. What about it? Do you like, is it, the, I, is it the yeah. West coast sound? Is it the lyricism being like kind of cerebral and not about like, like a pretty complicated and diverse? Is it, I think the main reason I like the album, the album itself, mm-hmm. is just because it is so varied. There's such an insane like range of sounds on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then part of it is, yeah, part of it's the lyricism. Part of it's like the production. Part of it is just like Vince Staples' voice itself. It's mm-hmm. hard for me to put a finger on exactly why I like it. Okay. But to me, it just, it's got a similar quality to I keep bringing it up but like to a to pimp a butterfly or good kid bad city where it just feels more planned mm-hmm. there's kind of more there's more of a sense of cohesion like the the idea to split it into two albums rather than it just be 20 songs and it to actually have two intros and two conclusions mm-hmm. it just feels a bit more deliberate but I mean yeah, musically why I like it it's hard for me to put a finger on because I, I like a lot of this album for a lot of different reasons mm-hmm. but for the most part, it just—I I think a lot of it is the production. I do like specifically just the beats that are being used in a lot of places, um, and 
like the specific flows that he's using. But mm-hmm. I can't I can't put any words to why I like this more than some of the other stuff. Okay. Um just just to carry off of what we were saying before. I think North North is one of the best rap songs for me personally that I've heard, especially from this like time period, like 2015 and early college for us. Like North North is just incredible. It is interesting. North North. Cause there's, you know, everyone knows that, that viral video of the mom reading the lyrics, right? <laughs> Going back to what I was saying about like not being able to understand the context of the album mm-hmm. or the, like, the experiences that, that led to it. Um, because that was something that I think Vince Staples had even said. Because Vince Staples had to like release a statement like defending the mom, right? And it had to be like, yeah, like she, you know, like she doesn't, like she can't know what it was like. She might, you know, she just she can't be expected to like know what this music is trying to accomplish. So, but it's interesting. Yeah, dude, North North is fucking wild. It's the only song I'd heard. Well, there's two, right. but only only song I'd really had heard before starting this. Gotcha. Um, um, dude, like just the way that at the beginning of the verse. Like the snare kind of comes in halfway through the bar is mm-hmm. so sick every time. Yep. It reminds me of like this is the most badass song to walk down the street to. Like if you're just like walking rather quickly to get somewhere, this is like it just makes you feel like on you're on cloud nine. Yeah. Um, so maybe possibly a good one to add to a playlist if you were going to the gym on the treadmill or something like that. Or, you know, also going to uh, go fuck somebody up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that last one. Uh, but, oh, no? no? No, yeah, no, I think, I think, let me have the North Rob super song, super strong start, and then I think immediately just with, with birds and bees, you start to get more into that, mm-hmm. like, less radio feel. Right. Um, yeah, Birds and the Beats is also sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also like that he doesn't really shy away from shorter songs. Mm-hmm. A lot of the a lot of the songs on this album are two ish minutes, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know how common that is, but to me it feels a little bit rarer. I mean, it's <laughs> which twenty is, songs and it's only an hour, which is a departure from some things we've covered previously, where it's ten minutes talking about little like Little Wayne talking about eating pussy. So right, yeah, where Lil Wayne does a fucking twelve-minute diatribe about he decides to get all political all at the end, all at once. You know? <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, Bird, Birds and the Bees is is super super solid, but not a lot of comments on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Loca, not a lot there either. But the vocal sample to me on Loca is like it's like just a hair too horny. You know, it's like yeah, just, yeah. It brings me out of it just a little bit. You know. It's just, you know, just they went ever so slightly too far on the horniness to where I can't. It it pulls me out of it. Do you mean, you mean horn filled, right? On loca? Yeah. Or do you mean no, horny? Horn. I mean horny, like okay. the the female vocal sample. Yeah. Okay. So, it's like so just you a got bit, horny. So, bit, yeah, it's a little bit too horny. Where I'm like, oh fuck, I can't so, focus. Like. <laughs> so you got horny. I mean. Okay. All right. I just wanted to. I wanted that to be established. Going forward, because there's no way that you were going to listen to Let Me Know and Dope Man with the same frame of mind. Anyway, Oh, wait, wait. You, um, wait, wait. You mean <laughs> listen to those two, like, being horned out? Yes. I mean, you don't know, right? Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I, you know, I was, I, yeah. But look, the, the point is, <laughs> like the song, but yeah, you just, you know, a little bit, a little bit too horny. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, cl- uh, climax is on Senorita at the end where the where the but girls you like, shut talk the a- fuck up. <laughs> uh, I think that's the end of Loca. Uh, is it? Yeah, she's talking. Oh, it's all the Spanglish. Oh yeah, no, it definitely is. Yeah, no, no. no. Yeah, I was thinking it was yeah. at the end of Senorita because that uh, whole that whole song is about wanting to fuck Latinas. Yes. Uh. Yes. Yes. Dude, of course. Ass too thick for your five ten frame. All right. Don't talk to me about my people. All right. <laughs> Where'd it come from, Mama or the Surgeon? Jesus Christ. So you talk about Let Me Know. That kind of starts as like four songs in a row with features. Mm-hmm. I think at the time of recording, like everyone who's featured on this album was super unknown. And some yeah. of them are still unknown. Yeah. Like the only one who's only popped up is uh, 
Fucking, how do you pronounce it? Janae. Oh, yeah. Eco? Eco? Janae Eco? We're fucking that up. I'm so sorry. But the point is, is that <laughs> she's got a shit ton of monthly listeners now, but I think in 2015 she would have been relatively... No. I think, I think she would have been less known than Ben Stables at the time. Yeah. So. Interesting choice to kind of pick... I'm curious, I don't know if those were features that were picked to try to pull those artists up or if mm-hmm. it's just people that Vince Staples liked. But either way, always cool when there's lesser known Kilo art- Kish artists Kilo Kish makes featured. an appearance. I like Kilo Kish. Yeah. I guess Future's on it, but past that. <laughs> Which you say dissentingly, but here's my thing. No, I just mean like he's that he would have been huge at the time. I am a slut for f- future features. Especially yeah, no, no. 2015 Future is best future. And yo... I think Senorita is amazing because Future's in it. No, the fe- the feature rules. I'm just saying, like, everyone else is, like, relatively unknown. And yeah. it's like, oh, and he also got Future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who I believe uh, at this time would have been, like, releasing that album with Drake. The, the like, the dual album. The collaborative album. One sure. with all the diamonds on it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. But, yeah, let me know. Solid. Not a lot of comments. Dope Man, also Solid kind of point to that one as one of like the shorter songs mm. um jump off the roof is cool i think that one has like a lot of a lot of movement to it um like the hook on that one a lot senorita's cool but that one to me like i, I don't know that one to me feels like it was the lead single because mm-hmm. it was but i mean it feels like it almost should have been on the album mm. yeah that's fair. It was one of my favorite songs off the album, but it's probably because it was. I like it, yeah, but very I mean, it stands alone very, a lot. Yeah. Summertime. Yeah. Summertime like, was shit. on a playlist. Summertime was on a playlist that a friend of mine made mm-hmm. that I put on shuffle, and Summertime popped up, and I was like, oh shit, this album, that's the same one as North North. Right. Oh, I should listen to this album. And ah. now I finally did. <laughs> I see. Summertime fucking rules. Uh, the song's amazing. Yeah. I got, I will, I have no bad things to say about it, and if you say anything bad about it, then I will <laughs> be slightly miffed. No, 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 that's okay. Um, the, uh, Summertime has that same underwater feel, West Coast, you know, you're yeah. riding down the street, uh, and sun is shining, you can see the ocean, you know, type thing, uh, makes me want it not it makes me wish that it wasn't 20 degrees here, you know? Um, yeah, it, it, it makes it slightly more bearable that it's like 70 here. <laughs> right. Because in the summertime, where you're at, it's 150. <laughs> yeah, but uh, people fucking melt into the sidewalk. But I think summertime is amazing. I mean, I think the whole lyrics, if you trace it through, it's super emotional and, and bare. The production is is awesome because it's super. It's got the same kind of washed out, low key feeling to it, but it builds when it needs to, and it complements. Never really detracts for something that is so lyric forward. But goddamn, yeah, this song's. I mean, this song's so good that I was like, all right, put on the whole thing, I guess. Hmm. And that is actually the end of disc one, technically. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the double album is cut, because then you go back into Ramona Park Legend Part 2, which picks up where Ramona Park Legend Part 1 ended, or has Part 1 in it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's slightly longer. It's cool. I like that the album's got some connective tissue to it. Whatever. Point is, 3230 fucking rules. Yep. <laughs> right after, fucking sick. Yep. It reminds me a lot of... Uh, is it Kendrick, is, is the Kendrick Lamar song, is it I with the guitar in it? Uh, I think. I don't know. With yeah, the guitar, a similar thing to it. With, yeah, with the like the guitar forward in the beat, you know. Do, have they? Got a does lot. Vince Staples have any work with Kendrick Lamar? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Probably not. It. it that doesn't be- Kendrick Lamar like not do a lot of featured artists on his yeah. songs? Yes. Yeah. So unless there's a Vince Staples song with Kendrick on it, I think not. Hmm. Um. Yeah, but thirty-two thirty fucking rules. Was there any that or three-two three-zero that you didn't like? Um, nothing that I didn't like. There's just songs that I would skip because either I liked the song after a lot or it just wasn't my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I tend to skip Loca. 
I tend to skip um, Surf, I think. Mm. Hmm. I tend to skip Hang and Bang. I tend to skip Hang and Bang and CNB and Street Punks. <laughs> hmm. Not because I dislike them, but it's like, at that point, we're on like track 15, get paid is good. I just want to skip to like it is and, and be mm -hmm. done. Um, for uh, just just for the the record, um, yeah, it looks like the only thing that Kendrick has done with Vince is on Big Fish Theory. There's a song titled "Yeah Right," and he is credited as one of the writers, but he is not featured. Interesting. So, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, do you have any thoughts like as, as we've been going through? I mean, I've kind of been just been been banging it out, but. I don't know. I mean, my, my favorite songs off the album is, is kind of lame to say that, like, my favorite songs are the ones that were, like, the radio standouts, North North and yeah. Senorita. But, like, I don't know. I, um, I like the other thing I wanted to say. I think I mentioned it before. Kilo Kish, I really like the sound. Uh, yeah. Like the timbre. Um, so I think she's the one whose voice is too horny. <laughs> yeah. Um. Or you're too horny. That's not that's not her fault. I don't know, man. I'm just saying that you know. Yeah, but um, dude, th this is tough because I don't want to say any of these artists' names wrong, but like, it just it. I'm going to, you know. One of the featured artists on Spotify is just like eight E's in a row. Right. <laughs> is that a typo? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's right. On which song? <laughs> On uh, might be wrong. I think all the E's is supposed to be James Fauntleroy. Yes, it's James Fauntleroy on uh, which on okay might Genius. might be wrong. Fucking rules, and I would argue that it should close out part two. Except mm. like it is is so solid. Yeah, yeah. Like if like it is was was any less solid than might be wrong, definitely should have closed it out. But mm -hmm. goddamn. Um, this, yeah, yeah. So, so might be wrong is really good. Get for as many really songs good, as there then, are, it being an hour is like very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you got uh, you got one outro, you got two intros, mm -hmm. and you got like four or five songs that are two minutes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, it gets it gets going through pretty quick. I, I feel like we keep having this problem where we get to the the hip hop album, and we're always like, oh, you know, it's a lot of the same. It's pretty good. Right. Not 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 a lot of comments on it, but. This one to me, I feel like is it it meshes together very well, but it feels like it was intentional. Right, like the blending, you mean? Right, it's less of like just a product of being the same artist, mm -hmm. like some of the other albums we've done that kind of blend together. This one to me feels like it was trying to be cohesive, and I think it absolutely succeeded. Right, he he wanted to make a sound that you could, for example, put the CD into your car and have it play for the afternoon as you drive around. And not like jump around too much and just have this sim a similar sound and feel the entire time. I get what you're saying, but you can't keep saying that every album is good to drive around to. But they are. <laughs> I think you just have Spotify in your car. Yeah, no, yeah. But I I don't have a lot of other closing remarks. I mean, like I said, I I tried to I tried not to dig through the lyrics for meaning too much. I feel like that was kind of not the message that was being conveyed, and I just try to kind of connect with the album. Yeah. And this is definitely the, my favorite out of the ones that we've done. Um, there's a lot of songs I could pull from this one to put on a playlist, but honestly, this is one that I'll probably, I think I'll just go back to as an album. Might be most. wrong. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, what'd you think about Street Punks? I like Street Punks. Okay. It's just, like, you know... Get Paid is really good. I might do Street Punks, but like Hang and Bang and CNB, it's like, all right, just get me to like it is. You right. know, it's just another another thing between me and Empire of Dirt. Right, know? right. <laughs> There's a, uh, that's been a trend sometimes. As we have like delved into examining albums as a whole chronologically, like in order without shuffle on, there's a lot yeah. of songs that are like, that song is forgettable because I want to get to the other one. Yes, exactly. Um, but just you know, I mean, it happens to everybody. It seems it's we not... did. Uh, we did nothing left to love, mm -hmm. and I think that has probably the biggest example because I do really enjoy um, your own knife, mm -hmm. 
but it's an obstacle between me and Cherished, and yep. any song that's there, I'm not going to like. <laughs> right. Because I love the song Cherished so much that it's like, right. you put whatever. It's like, nope. Another right. obstacle. So funny uh, little <laughs> side note. Yeah. You know how on Genius it has, like, top, whatever the album is, Scholars, which means, like, yeah. the people yeah. that, I think it's, like, give the most likes on the re- on the questions or answers on the questions, reviews, things like that. This is the yeah. first time I've seen, because a lot of times it's, like, for example, it's, like, random people, like, Andy Z underscore one, two, three. Yeah. You know? Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen the number one scholar be the verified artist. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's number two for me. But, oh. yeah, the point is I've never seen that. I didn't even, like, I've never even seen them in the list, you know? Right. So... Right. Yeah, he has a he has a shit ton of comments on this thing. Yeah, that's 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 pretty cool. I like that. Um, also, if you haven't seen the Hot Ones, uh, First We Feast Hot Ones interview with Vince Staples, I highly recommend that. Yeah, he's funny as fuck. I think he's an amazing person and very funny. Yeah, he's funny as fuck. Um, I got one last comment on this thing that sure. I think you'll get a chuckle out of, and then we'll move on to record or you know albums yeah. for next week. Have you not? Did you notice that like all of the okay more so than with other rappers but all of the best lyrics on this album is shit we can't repeat yeah it just seems like all of like the best bars are like all right well i can't I'll sing think, along to think that about even that though one. it's hard as shit <laughs> right yeah because I'm not, I'm not gonna you know kendrick's a big culprit of that too right uh, see also that video of him pulling that girl up on stage <laughs> Um, Dude, that uh, uh, gives me so much secondhand embarrassment. Yep. Um, Fucking hell. But yeah. Um, All right. So, so I would say, you know, similar to the question I asked you before, I don't I, like. This is one of the first ones. I think it's by the nature of like the theme we had last time in picking this episode's albums was, are there song like albums that you have that you know you want to listen to that you haven't. Um, I'm not the biggest Vince Staples fan, not, or rather, let me, let me rephrase that. I have not listened to enough Vince Staples. I'm not familiar with a lot of his discography. I don't know whether or not I can tell you that you would like his other stuff, but I'm leaning towards probably. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm, I definitely was thinking about, so you know, I'll, I'll add that to the rotation. Um, as for the next episode. Um, I have a little bit of a matrix here for you. All right, let's fucking let's run through it because I got nothing planned for you. <laughs> okay, do you want to continue exploring a West Coast sound, or would you like to transition to what is often considered the other binary option, the East Coast sound, New York? And then the second question is: Would you like a vintage album or a newer album? Okay. I can answer those. Mm-hmm. I can also tell you what I was thinking for the next album from you. Okay. And you can let me know. Between those two, I say let's do newer East Coast. Okay. But I was going to make the recommendation, you know, if you know, if you had albums for this ready, if not by all means we'll do what you had. We can push it. But I was going to suggest that you either do an album that is not strictly rap, whatever you want to interpret that as whatever music you like you think I haven't heard of. Okay. Or, if we're going to do rap, give me an album from that whole sub-genre of incredibly pissed off Scarlord Suicide Boys fucking oh. city morgue kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So, those are your three options, Let I me guess. Let me Whichever sit on that for prep. a second. Um, okay, so, yeah. Don't don't let it be this week. You yeah, can yeah. even take a week, and then you know we'll push it. But. When we jump into that, the the latter thing you said, yeah, I kind of wanna, I wanna think about it more. Which one I want to do first? Okay, yeah, then you can just do. Let's just do New East Coast then. Okay. Um. Se- second question: Do you want a popular one for the most people, like the most utilitarian? Uh, the most people like, or do you want one that is particularly 
interesting to me that like to share with you. Do you like the one that you think is interesting? Yes, but it's it's you'll right yeah yeah you know what I'm saying there's one that I, I have can, a particular can... attachment to, and then there's one that is regarded generally as a great album. Okay, yeah, because I, mean, I can think of that thing of stuff like that too, where it's like this album's super influential, and they're like, "Do you like it?" I'm like, "Not quite." <laughs> right. I like it well enough, you know. Okay, yeah, let's do that one. Let's do the interesting one. Fuck it. Wait, which one? The one that is less utilitarian. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is it's a similar thing to the I, I believe it was the counterparts Day album. Day six nine by six nine. No, 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 no. It was similar to the counterparts thing where you're like. If you don't like this, I'll take it personally. Uh, <laughs> uh, not really, but uh, okay. Uh, do you have one for me? Uh, not not off the cuff. Okay, but I can uh, I can get you one real quick. I think for next week you should listen to Blue Chip by Action Bronson. All right. Um, he is. Uh, I mean, th- so if you look up like any sort of forum or like thread of any sort, whether it be a Twitter thread or a Reddit thread that involves Action Bronson, typically the hate and the dissent about him is all commonly, you know, it's one refrain, one like story. And that is that he is a culture vulture and a copying of style and flow and a copycat of Ghostface Killer, right? From Wu-Tang? Right. So, I, I don't know that you've listened to a lot of Ghostface Killer, but... You have to know I haven't. Um, yeah, yeah. So, it may be nice to go in upon the merit of Action Bronson alone. Uh, it, he kind of gets the same thing of, like, not so much... Like, you know, like the kind of Greta Van Fleet... Uh, uh, like complex where it's like, oh, they're yeah, not not almost, as good yeah. as Led Zeppelin. It's like, yeah, no shit. Um, a lot of people say like, oh, he's not as good as Ghost Face Killer, and he sounds the same. But like, I mean, this is less so because Action Bronson is actually a good lyricist and tries hard to be a, a rapper in and of itself. Greta Van Fleet kind of like rides him sounding like Robert Plant too much. Um, yeah, but. I have a particular uh, liking for Action Bronson, despite his flaws, uh, and I think Blue Chip is an amazing album. Um, All right, man. We'll and it. it is a good, it, you know, the metrics that we were saying earlier, like new New York sound, um, where, you know, but the sound, like the New York sound is starting to shift, I would say. Um, but... Uh, in terms of like at the time it was wrote and what is the traditional East Coast New York rap lyricism sound that everybody's familiar with, I think it is a great. He is a great uh, iteration of that. That you know, Blue Chip is a good iteration of that, and I think it is. A lot of the songs are not trap beats. You know, like you say, a lot of people think the trap sounds all the same. I think uh, he has found uh, a way to cut through that so at some point we got to do trap though so come come ready next week with the trappiest of all traps uh, okay or just something that's really violent <laughs> okay preferably something that's just really violent mm-hmm. okay so for you i have less of a you know i'm keeping it playing it fast and loose baby do you want i have a lot of albums i can give you that are just fucking softballs mm-hmm like, I can just pitch to you. You'll knock it out of the park. I know you're going to love the album. I can give you one of those. Mm-hmm. Or we can do something that's a little bit more out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But it's totally up to you. Um, correction, just I call it Blue Chip because it's the album. It, the album title is Blue Chip 7000. Yeah, right. So just just to be clear. Okay. Sorry, go, go on. Didn't mean to cut you off. So I can I can pitch you a softball. I'm totally okay. willing to do that. There's albums that you haven't heard that I know you will really like. Mm-hmm. Or we can do something that's a little bit more detached. Give me from something what I know that you, like. you are afraid I'll hate, because I'm pretty afraid you'll hate Action Bronson. <laughs> okay. Um 
I don't really have one that like I have a personal connection to, but I do have ones that like I really like that there's just no way you're gonna like. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So we can do one of those. Uh, I don't know. Use your use your best judgment. Oh God. Okay. Um. Uh. Ugh, okay. Mm. All right. Fuck it. You okay? I I can give you something that's just like fucking crazy. Not super crazy heavy, but just like it's gonna take you a couple listens to even understand what's happening. Or I can give you one that's just way heavier than anything you've heard and heavy in a different way. Hmm. Like we can okay, basically I can give you something that is gonna sound like metalcore. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be familiar in that sense, but it's gonna take you it's very dense, it's gonna take you a while to get through. Or mm-hmm. I can give you something that is going much more down the metal path mm-hmm. and less down the hardcore path. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be heavier in that way, which you tend to like a little bit less, but you might enjoy this album. Let's go with the latter. Okay. Uh, okay. You're not going to like it. <laughs> but, all right. The band is fit for an autopsy. And we're going to do Absolute Hope, Absolute Hell. Came out our freshman year of college. It was the first album that came out once we started college. I love that album to death. And you're not gonna like it at all. Okay. What was it? Uh, what what band is this? Fit for an Fit. autopsy. Right. And the album is Absolute Hope, Absolute Hell. It's like a beige, or okay. like a eggshell, I guess you'd call it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a uh, the producer for Counterparts, Knocked Loose, a lot of those huge heavy hitter bands. Mm-hmm. It's the producer's band. Okay. So the producer writes everything, I think. So. All right. It, this I'm I'm predicting this is one of the ones where I will have to like have the lyrics in front of me. Uh yeah, I mean they're pretty bleak, so you can always just skip them. Hmm. <laughs> but, okay. All right, man. All right. I will cat I am curious to to see how this lands. These are two these are two trying out. We might have a good. dumpster we, we, fire for episode 7. <laughs> But that's what we've been looking for, because every time we, we do one of these, it's just like, I thought it was good, too. Oh, that's... that was sick. Right. Oh, dude, that's tight. Oh, dude, albums that went gold, I also love those. Like, right. you know, so. <laughs> let's, let's, let's actually push the boundaries, all right? Right. Sounds good, man. I'm excited. We will reconvene in a week. Yep. Sounds good.